Who is Coach Mike? Coach Mike, very nice guy. He's a good softball coach. He's sincere. He's the dumbest smart guy I've ever known. Upbeat, optimistic, good-natured, always looking on the bright side of things. Wow, thank God he didn't say that I had a face for radio. But then what do you expect for $5 these days? Just can't hire good help. Hey, in all seriousness aside, stay tuned for the Weed Whacker podcast where I will be discussing almost any subject and bringing in guests to hash out and get rid of all the weeds. We're going to clear the path for your success in whatever it might be you need. Your life, your business, your politics, your religion. We're going to bring it all right here to the Weed Whacker. Ladies and gentlemen, you hear that noise. That is the Weed Whacker. Coach Mike here, and I've got a great guest for you today. We are going to whack some weeds. We're going to show you the path to your success. We're going to clear it out, and we're going to show you what you can do. And if, if, I tell you what, I, I'm going to tell you right now that my guest has already blown me away with his attitude, and you're going to find out why. By the time we're done with the Weed Whacker today, you're going to say, what weeds? You're going to say, what weeds? You're going to say, man, there ain't no weeds are going to get in my way. If this guy can do what he's doing, then why am I letting stuff get in my way? So let me welcome to the to the table today, Kevin Lowe. Kevin is, is you're going to love his attitude, but I'm going to tell you what makes him more special, folks. Kevin is 100% blind as a bat. He can't see. So take that, keep that in mind. Picture yourself if you had that, if you had to deal with that, how would you do in life right now? What would you put up? But you're gonna love this guy. Kevin, tell us your story, man. I, I tell you, I'm just getting real excited. Just talking to you pumps me up. Oh man, well, I am just so stoked to be here. Thank you for having me. And um, yes, so as you mentioned, I am 100% blind. Um, but that has not been my like reality forever because I literally spent the first 17 years of life with basically perfect eyesight. Um, so I mean, rode dirt bikes, four wheelers, was out in the woods hunting or out in the ocean fishing. Uh, 16 years old, got my dream truck. It was a uh, a 96 Forest Green Ford F 154 by (laughs) four. And um, she had she had a eight inches of lift, 38 inch TSL Super Swampers. Um, and And 16. 16. That was my truck, man. (laughs) 16. I was just starting to learn how to drive when I got my license about 18 because I failed the driver's test twice. I I got to drive my my grandpa's 1963 Buick Special, three on a tree. (laughs) Yeah, you got a truck. I got a truck. I got a truck. I remember, I can remember, uh, you know, so I grew up in Florida, still live in Florida, and at Florida, at 15 years old, you're able to get your learner's permit. And so 
with your learner's permit, you basically had to spend a year driving and you had to have somebody in the the passenger seat, you know, who was over 18, like your mom, your dad, whoever. So I can remember every weekend, every Saturday or Sunday morning driving with my mom, I'd be driving the car and we'd be headed to the grocery store to do our weekly grocery shopping. Well, I remember one day we're driving down kind of a, a more like a rural road and all of a sudden, I seen it. I saw my baby. And there she was, that truck <laughs> I just mentioned, sitting in a grassy lot in front of somebody's house with a big for sale sign on it. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Because I grew up hearing the stories about my dad's truck. He had, I think it was a 77 Ford F-150, 4x4. It was raised, had all tricked out. And so I knew when I turned 16, I wanted a truck just like my dad had. And so here it was sitting in the the side of this, this road. And so for the next couple of weeks, me and my mom, we'd drive by and I just kept like, Oh my gosh. Like literally, like I just saw heaven for the first time, you know? (laughs) And I remember, I remember telling my dad, like, dad, I'm like, we got to go check out this truck. And so I remember me and him, I can, I can literally still picture it. Me and him walking up to that truck for the first time. And he's immediately going, Cav, this truck is way too big, way too much of a lift. No way, no. Way. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, Dad, I'm like, this thing is perfect. And so, lo and behold, it was, um, like I said, a 1996 Ford F-150. So that's when they still kind of had the wide body kind of boxy uh, right. frame to it. Right. Um, manual transmission. Um, like I said, it had six inches of suspension lift with a two-inch body lift. And then, of course, those big 38-inch uh, Super Swamper mud tires. And that <laughs> that was my baby. And I can remember at my 16th birthday party that we had, and we had all my family there. Um, it was a big, big party. And I remember my dad, it was, it was classic. You know, if it had been a little red sports car, you probably would have went to, like, the party store and got, like, a big red bow. Instead, no, this was a guy's truck. So my dad took an old red grease rag and tied it into a bow and stuck it on the antenna. (laughs) Kevin, you know what I wanted at 16 years old? What? A Ferrari. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, Or a Corvette. You know, yeah. or something, yeah. something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that would not have done very well out in the mud. You want to hear a cool F-150 story, Kevin? Yeah, yeah, let's hear it. My my, my little brother squealed on my dad one time. This is after uh, I'd gotten married and moved away early in the 70s there. I was still living in Phoenix, right? My okay. dad had a 1968, I think it was, F-150, and it had the old... It was a four-speed, but it was the third, the first gear was a granny gear, right? Yes, yes. Okay, so Dan apparently was sitting in an intersection buying an old lady or something in her car. I don't know what it was. And she sat through three <laughs> changes of the, of the signal and would not pull out in the intersection to make there wouldn't make a left turn, right? Yeah. And Dan honked at her apparently and everything else. And so finally, I guess he stuck it in granny gear the next time the light turned green and he pushed her out in the intersection. <laughs> I, I told my dad about that. He yelled at my little brother, ah, oh, you squealer. And I said, 
That is classic. That is absolutely classic. Well, well, mine didn't have the granny gear, but she did have the the equivalent, which was four low. And sure. uh, oh my gosh, thing pulled like a tank. But uh, but yeah, man. So so that was though my my baby, and I got to drive that truck for one year because basically a month after my seventeenth birthday, um, I'm in my junior year of high school. Life is going great find out that I have a brain tumor and um, the brain tumor was devastating to find out about. But at the same point, it answered a lot of, a lot of questions we'd been having. Why wasn't I growing? Why hadn't I gone through like puberty yet? I mean, I'm, I'm 17 years old. I'm only five foot three. The doctor keeps telling me and my parents, Oh, he's just a late bloomer. Don't worry about it. Well, finally, the results of an MRI came through, and it showed that I had a, a plum-sized brain tumor basically positioned right in the center of my head. Wow. And um, as devastating as it was, is we at least found out that it was non-cancerous, but literally they gave me at most six months to live if this tumor was not removed. Wow. Yeah. So, so here I am. Um, Entering the operating room, uh, surgery date was October 28, 2003. Um, expecting literally to go in, have this tumor removed, said that I'd be out of school for probably about three to four weeks and everything would be fine. Um, it was a little, little bump in the road. Instead, nothing went right from that point forward. I went into that surgery. <laughs> My life was saved. But I came out of surgery with, with everything going wrong. Um, I didn't leave the ICU for, I think it was like two weeks. Um, oh. I had all kinds of issues going wrong. And, of course, the big one they found out just a couple of days after surgery was that I couldn't see. And so I literally was left completely blind. So a lot of people who say they're blind, they still have some degree of light perception, can see some shapes or shadows. Um, I literally, I saw nothing, see nothing. Um, I also lost my ability to smell, had short-term, oh, wow. had short-term memory loss for, for a solid good, like six months. Yeah. Big coronavirus. It, yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yes, I was doing the I was doing the loss of smell thing before it was cool, you know. <laughs> hey, Kevin, do they have do they have any idea? Did this tumor just grow? I mean, did you play football or something? Got hit in the head, or where do they do they have any idea where it came from? They said it's literally one of those tumors that probably was during development, like a cell went to the wrong place, and so literally, I had had that tumor my entire life it had gone on it had gone undetected um wow yeah and um and so literally at that moment you know i i tell people the significance of what happened is basically my life died on that operating room table and a new life began and i and i like to tell people that the new life isn't any worse or better it's just different but it took a really long time to understand that there could be beauty in the difference because for a long time, I hated this life of the passion. Um, I wanted my old life back. I wanted to be able to see, I wanted to be able to drive. Sure. I wanted to be able to do all the things that I could do. You wanted that and truck. 
Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and um, it, t- it took a long time um, to finally get to a point where I was ready to move on with life, you know, and and slowly but surely um, time is an amazing gift when it comes to healing. And um, through time, you, you kind of get past the sadness of it and you, you start moving forward. And that's what I did. If you can go back to the manager, what was your first reactions when they told you were blind? I mean, yeah, how did you handle it? How did you handle it initially? Yeah, you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> because I wish I had a good story to tell. The truth of the matter is, is that I don't ever remember um, the exact moment. And I think it was because... For one, for one thing, I have no memory. Like my memory stops at the point that I entered the opportunity room. Really? I remember, I remember saying goodbye to my parents um, as they pushed me through the doors. At that point, my memory stops, and my memory doesn't pick up until well after being home from the hospital. Weeks and weeks later is when my memory starts coming back in. All the stories of the the hospital and stuff. I know only because of my family telling them to me because I had this massive family support there with me at the hospital the whole time and, and even afterwards. And um, so I, though, I think for myself, I think it was just, um, I guess you could say more gradual moments through the years of this realization that, you're blind and you're never going to see again. And I say gradual because it wasn't just one shocking moment. It was nights and nights and nights of crying myself to sleep, begging God to let me see again. And yet every single morning I'd wake up and I'd open my eyes and I'd see the same thing that I did when they were closed. And for a long time, That's how I lived every night praying, God, please, what have I done? Why would you do this to me? Please just let me see again. And that wasn't, that wasn't his plan. At the time I thought God's plan sucked. (laughs) Looking back on it, I realized that it all just kind of fit into place. And, um, you know, and in some kind of weird, cruel way, I have to say that I guess I'm maybe grateful for what I've, what I've gone through because I feel like I wouldn't be the person that I am today if it wasn't for what happened to me. Let me, let me ask you something there, Kevin. They say, I've heard, you know, over the years that they say that if, for example, if you're blind like that, that some other sense of yours is heightened in, in your body or your spirit, your mind sort of replacing it, compensate. Have you felt something like that? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, so of course hearing, hearing right off the bat, just my hearing heightened spiritual. I don't know if it has anything to do with the fact that I can't see, but more just the fact that I've literally let my faith, I, I've never, I've never steered away from my faith. I never stayed mad with God longer than a moment because I knew that there's no way I could get through this this new world without God by my side. Sure. And so the relationship that I've I've created with my creator 
has just been the most beautiful thing um, that I could have ever asked for. Now, in terms of something super cool, um, this would not come about till years later, um, approximately 14 years later in 2017, I would end up developing the skill of echolocation. Oh, wow. I've heard about that. Yeah. So literally retrained the visual cortex in my brain to now see through sound rather than sight. And um, that has literally changed my life because now my world is no longer just blackness. No longer can I only see what I touch, but instead with a couple of clicks of my tongue against the roof of my mouth, my, my brain interprets that echo that's then bouncing off of the objects around me to form acoustic images of that's everything not around a, me. That's not just a TV show thing. <laughs> nope. It, you, know what show, you know what show I'm thinking of, don't you? The, um, uh, the blind superhero movie. No, no, we, no, no. Oh. There's, it's, um, oh, what is this? I, I'm thinking the show's like Mentalist, and uh, there's one of the, there's a show there where a kid has that and he ends up exposing who the murderer is. Somebody, <laughs> yeah. mur- oh, somebody murdered his mom. Oh, what okay. was that? Oh, I'm going to have to, that's why it's driving me crazy. I'm going to have to look that up. But the kid developed that echolocation. I had never heard of yes. that before. Yeah. And I literally um, had started kind of doing it without even knowing what it was. At the same point then that I found out about this this organization and I literally went out to Los Angeles, California for a week and trained one-on-one with with a guy named Brian Bushway and literally my my mom and sister went with me they would literally just drop me off at his house in the morning and and Brian he's completely blind just a couple of years older than me um he didn't become blind till he was a teenager also so the two of us had a lot in common and literally he worked with me over a week teaching me this skill and he told me then that he said it, it's like a muscle the more you work it out the stronger it's going to get and that that training that week gave me the base of it and it got me to to, to get a taste of it, to experience what this is. And then over the years since then, it continues to get better and better to the point that sometimes I'll just be standing there and I'll actually just kind of, without even really doing an active click, maybe it's from the water in the kitchen sink hitting, hitting just right. I, I explain it like somebody turns on the light switch and all of a sudden I can look around. I can, I can see the cabinets. You can tell I, some, where something is from this. Yeah. It's amazing. Wow. Yeah. You it's wanna, incredible. Can I tell you a sick joke there, Kevin? Let's go for it. Yeah. You know, you know how Helen Keller's mom punished her? <laughs> no. She moved, she moved the furniture around. Yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you ever have that kind of sense feeling like people were moving stuff on just to mess with you? No, but I'll tell you what. I mean, I can blame people by like leaving chairs pulled out just because they get up and they go to do something. And then I come walking through and I stub my toe. Um, oh. But I mean, I can be my own worst enemy because I mean, I can sit something in the hallway knowing Okay, Kev, you just moved this box into the hallway. Well, lo and behold, the next 10 times I walk by, I'm going to hit it every single time. So. 
That sounds like a little logic there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so everybody, my family asked me, they're like, I don't understand. Why won't you just wear shoes? That way, I'm like, I don't bust my toes enough to have to wear shoes. I live in Florida. (laughs) You know? Yeah, but how okay? Will the will the echolocation bounce off an alligator? Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm sure it would. I'm sure it would. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I don't, that's what I've been to Florida one time for a sub when my daughter had a softball tournament in Ocala and at uh, Orlando, and but I, you know when I see stuff and I say I don't know if as beautiful as Florida might be other than the humidity I don't know if I'd want to live there. I don't want to go out my backyard and find out my dog's missing. There's a crocodile staring at me or something, you know? I know. Well, well, that's what was so funny when when we were out in California. Everybody we ran into out there, I remember they kept asking us, they're like, oh, my gosh. I mean, like, how do you guys even like go on walks with all the gators? And we're like, <laughs> we're like just because you see a couple of freak stories on the news, promise. It is not like we're walking around dodging gators, you know? <laughs> Oh, one of my favorite videos I saw about, I want to say like four or five, maybe six months ago, uh, was they had a, a guy that I guess is a gator was getting his, his dog. Uh, he had a small dog runner and he actually wrestled the gator and took the dog back and needed oh, some yeah. stitches and stuff, but he actually saved his dog. Oh, yeah. And every time we see these stories, we literally laugh and go, and this is why the rest of the country talks about us. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Hurricanes and alligators. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) Kevin, what are you doing now? Yeah. So I have a um, a twice weekly podcast that I produce, um, and it's called uh, Grit, Grace, and Inspiration. And uh, I do the podcast. The podcast literally has probably been one of the greatest things that ever happened to me. Literally just by helping to fill my own cup of of inspiration by getting to interview people all over the world who I say, if it wasn't for a podcast, I never even would have known existed. And and so the podcast has been amazing. But then the podcast led to me entering the realm of coaching, which, to be honest, I didn't even know what coaching was besides for a PE teacher. And, um, and, and so the first time somebody said to me, which was actually a guest who I had interviewed and, and I kept having these people who I would interview and they kept telling me at the end of our interviews, they would say, they're like, wow, they're like, you asked me questions that no one else has ever asked me before. Or they're like, you see parts of my story that no one else has ever seen before. And I'm, and I'm always like, really? I'm like, I just asked basic questions. And, and they're like, no, they're like serious. And I'm like, you should really start being interviewed by more blind people. Cause obviously the sighted people are, are, are <laughs> the sighted people don't know how to ask questions, but Kevin, but, Kevin, I think you and I are on the, are very uh, keen here. Let me tell you, I used to do a, by the way, I'm a girl softball coach. I've been a girl softball coach for years, but, okay. uh, but Years ago, several years, number of years ago in California, I was doing an online and internet radio show called Kids in Sports. Okay. And one of my, uh, this one girl that played for me at one of the high schools they coached at, her dad was a regular listener. Okay. One day I put a survey out to my mailing list and I said, you know, what do you like about the show? What don't, what could be better, et cetera, et cetera. So he answered the question, what, what do I like? about the show. I never know where Mike's going with the questions. What don't you like about the show? I never know where Mike's going with the questions. <laughs> uh, I love it. 
I love we need it. to that get you so We need to get you in the White House press corps, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, they wouldn't like me. Um, <laughs> I would be kicked out. I'm sorry. Yeah, they're like, who, who let the crazy blind reporter in? Get him out of here. Get him out of here. He's asking questions that aren't allowed. You know. <laughs> so, until but, you got around with the podcast, where what what were you trying to do, or what did you, what what was the inspiration, or what brought you to doing the podcast? Yeah, so the podcast came about um, in in uh, spring of 2020, and so spring of 2020, um, I had been a home based travel it, uh, agent, so had my own travel agency since 2013. And so literally that was my, my, my company was called better days travel. And I literally got to book vacations for people, honeymoons, big group trips. And, um, it was really awesome, but more than just that, I got to build a, build a company, build a whole business. And, um, 2020 was literally set up to be my best year ever. I had multiple big, huge group cruises, um, on the books, big honeymoons, Amazing. And then March came and it all disappeared along with the entire travel industry, thanks to the pandemic. So here I am. Now we're in quarantine. Everybody's just kind of hanging out, twiddling our thumbs, uh, watching, I think, what was the big show? Tiger King. And um, <laughs> and um, me, though, I, I can't just watch Netflix all day long. I got to have something I'm, I'm focused on. And now the travel agency is pretty much, I always say, I'm like, the travel agency took a, a, a nosedive in the shallow end of the swimming pool. And so it was my turn to figure out what am I going to do? So I thought, woo, baby, it's my time to finally start that YouTube channel I'd been talking about. And so I start going on Amazon and I'm ordering some different equipment. I'm watching different YouTube videos about how to do this. And about the time that I'm getting the equipment delivered, it kind of hits me. And I say, Kevin, if you don't have somebody here with you who can see, you can't do this. And it was at that moment that I'm like, what are you doing, Kev? You're blind, yet you're trying to do a whole video production. I'm like, this ain't going to work. And so I'm like, what the heck? That's when my sister says, why don't you do a podcast? And I'm like, what the heck is a podcast? <laughs> and she she tells me, and I'm like, I'm like, Tiffany, that sounds like a really lame alternative to a YouTube channel. And she's like, well, just check it out. So I start listening to podcasts and now I'm listening to podcasts about how to start a podcast. And, it <laughs> and at that moment, the light goes off. I'm like, Kev, you found your space podcast, the world of audio where everybody is blind who listens to a podcast because nobody sees the people talking on the other side. That's right. And, and that's when I started my podcast, May of 2020. Now, at that point, the, the podcast was called The Lowdown on Life and Travel um, because I thought at that moment I was still going to be a travel agent. I didn't realize that God had other plans that he hadn't filled me in on yet. And so I was doing kind of all travel-related content plus just like some episodes just talking about my life as somebody who's who is blind and owns their own business. 
Well, as 2020 is marching along and I'm doing the podcast and people keep telling me, they're like, Kev, you are so good at this. I love the podcast. It's so amazing. And I'm like, you know, I'm really enjoying it. Well, it was kind of end of 2020. This momentum had been built and I start having people come to me about travel. Well, I keep, I keep, I keep, I keep blowing them off. I'm like, I don't want to cancel another freaking vacation to save my life because I know in the realm of the pandemic, they're excited to book and they're going to book and then we're going to have to cancel it and Kevin getting paid. So what is the point? And so <laughs> I was like not having it. And so I kept kind of making excuses. Ah, no, like, you know, why don't you go see somebody else? You know? And, um, wow. And so literally I, I was over it and I was loving it. And I didn't know though what the podcast was going to do, where it was going to go. I mean, podcasts don't make money just by themselves. I dabbled in some sponsorships, but I mean that, that only lasts for a month or two. Right. And so literally going into then like 2021, I rebranded the podcast. Um, at that point it was called then the lowdown with Kevin Lowe. Um, that way I could just talk about more stuff that I wanted to inspirational stuff. And again, just kind of, I, I talk about the podcast as kind of like us as people, we evolve and, and really just kind of coming into my own. I, I've seen where the podcast kept evolving to what it is today, which is called grit, grace and inspiration. And, um, through the podcast is what led me to begin coaching. And and so now today I am a podcast host as well as a uh, transformational life and business coach. And Kevin, whoa, whoa, whoa. I got to stop you, man. I tell you, I, ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't grasp what I hear there and what I've, what we've been hearing in the last 10 minutes or well, not that much, but let me tell you, I got these, I see people out there, Every day you see them on the news, you see them on the street, you see whatever that could come up with a thousand and one excuses why they don't want to work a job. My wife tells me she'll have people that show up at their work at 10 o'clock and quit at 12. And, and then they want to go get unemployment. They want to sit around. Here's a guy that has every excuse to be sitting around and letting the government pay him for sitting around. <laughs> He's not doing it, Kevin. And I'm going to go back. Forget your podcast a minute. How in the heck can you describe a beautiful Hawaii sunset that you've never seen before? But it doesn't sound like you let that stop you. No, you sold travel. Yep. yep. How did you? You sold <laughs> you, travel. And you, and you know how? You know how I sold travel? Was I told people? I explain to people that the vacations that I book are meant to be experiences. And I tell people that the majority of people go on vacation and they look at the sites. They drive around and they look at the windows. They go to an island and they sit at the resort and they look out at the destination. They never actually experience it. And I would encourage my, encourage my, my travelers, my clients, I would tell them on this trip, I want you to not look at the sights. I want you to experience it. Literally put your toes in the sand. Get your body in the water. Feel it. Breathe it in. Soak it in. Because I tell people, the color, the, the smells, the picture is so much more amazing when you experience it firsthand. Amen. 
Amen. I forget what year the movie was made. I think it was before you went blind. Did you ever see the movie Michael with John Travolta? I did not. No. Okay. I don't know if you ever listened, but it was a he was he's supposed to be Michael the Archangel. Okay. And they're gonna supposed to do their they send some news reporters out to interview this guy and this angel and all this stuff. And they're just gonna fly him back to the station, except he sort of with his heavenly connection makes them, they have to drive back and they go see the world's largest frying pan and the world's largest ball of yarn. And he wants to stop at every little thing to experience it. Yeah. You had to do it. And you sold that. If, if, if you not ever having seen these locations that your people are asking you about and you are able to tell them, look at this, get this experience. You were able to sell the taste of the, of the steak. You didn't just say go buy a steak. You said enjoy the taste of that steak. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, you know, it, it, that's what I've always said to people. Whether we're talking about travel or we're just talking about life, is that I mean, let's face it the the ability to see vision it's a big part of our world. But I feel yes. like so many times we get stuck on that. And we lose aspects of everything else. And I feel like that's what compelled me so much to being a podcast host and getting to interview people is that for once, I get to show my audience, my listeners, how I see people and the fact that I don't. I only see them through the words that they speak, the stories they share. And that's what I said I loved about the the thing of podcasting is when I sit down and I do an interview, I get to show the rest of the world how I get to see people. And I think it's in a much more beautiful way than than we can with our eyes. Kevin, you don't you don't see if they're 300 pounds overweight. You don't see if 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 they dropped out of school in the fifth grade. You don't see if they're whatever. You just get to talk to them and, and learn about them and, and hear them and experience yeah. them. Exactly. Exactly. Do you ever get anybody, and, and how would you deal with this? Do you ever get anybody that sort of tries to, pardon the expression, pull the wool over your eyes to try to, to mess with you or, or, or give you a story that you know you is total BS? Um, I don't know that I've had any situations like that. I've I've had my fair share of people who go to come on the podcast and personalities just don't jive. Okay. They don't get me. I don't get them. And that's why it took me it took me a little bit, but I learned a lesson was I do pre-calls with with 99% of my guests. If I don't know them, uh you're jumping on a phone call with me first to be sure you're not a psycho. Um, and, uh, because, because I've, I've made the mistake of getting in a studio with somebody and I'm like, you don't judge a book by a cover and you don't judge a guest by their bio. There you go. Oh, <laughs> Kevin, you are just amazing. You know what? I'm going to finish this with one thing. I'm going to go back a quote you made. I'm going to go back to the quote you made. Number one, before I get to that, what verse did you hear probably? Because you said something earlier when you asked God, what did I do wrong? And I'll bet you've got that verse memorized where they said, they asked the disciples, they asked Jesus, remember, who who sinned, this man or his parents? Why is this guy blind? Who sinned? Remember that? I don't. I don't. I, I don't, don't tell my Nana, but no, I don't. 
And I should have it memorized too. We just had it, and it's and it's in the chosen. If you're gonna listen to the chosen or whatever, yeah, it's in the it's in the gospels there, where the these the uh, Pharisees tried to trick Jesus, and they asked him who who. Why is this guy blind? Who sinned, him or his parents? And, and Jesus told him, it, nobody, either one of them, it's not about sin. It was to show the glory of God. And then Jesus did heal his, give him his sight back. Yes. So there's always hope, brother. Yeah. You know what, man? Um, and, and that's the biggest thing for myself is, is I realized very early on, even though it took me a long time to, to accept it in my heart and want to move on, but I believe in all my heart that God does not do anything for nothing. And I believe that he had this happen to me for a reason far bigger than I may ever even realize. And every day when, when I get to talk to somebody, when I get to release a podcast and I get to, to share stories of people, or I get to share parts of my own stories and I get comments from people letting me know how much it impacts them. It's right then when I think, you know what? That's what this is all about. Because I always say that it's only a bad situation if we can't figure out how to make good out of it. Amen. And and for myself, you know, I figured out how to make good out of what should have been bad. And at the end of the day, it makes you think, well, was it really bad in the first place? You're not not wallowing in your pity. You're not (laughs) moaning and groaning. And I see so many people do that, Kevin, and it just... You know, you just want to you want to pray for him. You want to slap him upside the head sometimes. I know we're supposed to do that, but I'm going to go back again because you said something in the beginning when this happened to you, and you said nothing went right. That nothing went right. That was our perception. That was your perception at that time. That was our human perception. God says it was totally right. I've got something different in mind. You just don't know what it is yet. God, God likes, I believe, to chuckle at us because he, he he looks at us and 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 even today and in, 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 you know, in our lives, I feel like God looks at us sometimes and just kind of laughs and says, they don't got a single clue what I got in the work. And if you and if you will just trust in me and keep walking this path, I'm going to show you something more amazing than you ever thought possible you know and i think god is our father he has our best intentions in mind and you know there's a lot of hurt there's a lot of bad things in this this life that i i don't understand but i know that there's one person in control of it all and at the end of the day it all makes sense because god makes sense there you go People tried to die. There used to be a billboard on the freeway out in the 105 freeway out in California. And it was sort of addressing those people that, you know, say there's no God or that, the, you know, they got the Big Bang Theory or whatever they got. And this billboard says, so you believe that all of this was created out of nothing by nobody. <laughs> exactly. And that's sort of what they're they're saying, right? We know better, yep. don't we, Kevin? We do. We do. And I love the people who say... I guarantee you when God made all this happen, there was a big bang. <laughs> hey, I don't care if there's a big bang or whatever. I don't care how he did it. That's his business, right? Exactly. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't silent. No, I guarantee you there was a big bang when God made it happen. 
You know, Kevin, to, and, to wrap this up, can you give us one moment, one experience, one interview, something that had the most impact on you through this whole journey? Oh, man. I think probably early on on my podcast, um, I interviewed a woman and her name was Walker Brandt. She was a Hollywood actress. Um, and she had written a book about her story, literally went from from a homeless teenager on the streets of Los Angeles to literally finding her way into Hollywood. It was her interview was the first time that somebody said to me during the interview, she started crying. And that's when I kind of referenced this earlier. She was the first one to ever say it. She said to me, she's like, you may be blind, but you see more about me and my story than anyone else has ever seen before. And it was at that moment that it made me realize that I am on the right path. And every day since then in interviews, when I have these deep conversations with people, I find myself so many times literally just sitting here in my, my recording studio in the middle of an interview, looking up at the sky and just thanking God. You know, it, it's it's all those little moments that have made an impact, that have made me realize that the path I'm on is the right path. Amen. Amen, Kevin. Kevin, if, if somebody wanted to be, be on your podcast or get you on theirs or talk to you, is it how, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Absolutely. The best way is literally to visit my website, um, just because from there you'll be able to find uh, easy ways to contact me. And that is if you just head on over to gritgraceinspiration.com. So it's literally the name of the podcast without the and symbol. So gritgraceinspiration.com. I'm going to check it out myself, Kevin. I think that's pretty odd. You know, I, I, we met each other in the Pantheon here, and I'm I'm so glad I heard that interview you had. I think it was with Tyler, I believe it was. Yes, yes. And I just said, I got to get this guy. I got. I mean, Kevin, you're awesome. We're going to be talking some more because I think you. As a matter of fact, I'm going to I'm going to audio or no, if I send you a word file or whatever, I, I imagine you have a way to read it, right? The audio. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, I got technology. I can read it. I'm going to send you a. I wrote a book. I'm still here. It's on Amazon. I'm still here. And I'll tell you a little of my story, something. And I'm sure you and I are going to be talking. We might have to do another episode along the way because there's a lot of weeds to whack. You don't have no weeds, Kevin. You ain't got no weeds in your life, brother. You've already chopped them all out of the way. That's right. We 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 fired we fired up the weed eater a long time ago. <laughs> Kevin, thank you for joining me. God bless you, brother, and, and have yourself an awesome day. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for listening to the Weed Walker Podcast. If you would like to join Coach Mike to discuss an issue important to your life, send us an email to Coach Mike at CoachMikeNow.com. Tell us about your issue and how it is affecting your life. Give us your first and last name, phone number, and email address, and we will contact you regarding scheduling. Coach Mike will use only your first name unless you request your full name in the podcast. Also, please visit CoachMikeNow.com to sign up for Coach Mike's weekly newsletter. You can also visit Coach Mike's Clubhouse on Locals.com. 
There you can choose to follow Coach Mike, or if you want access to more content, become a member of Coach Mike's Clubhouse to get certain members-only content. Thanks again for listening. God bless you as you whack those weeds out of your life and move forward to success. for listening to the Weed Whacker podcast. If you would like to join Coach Mike to discuss an issue important to your life, send us an email to coachmike at coachmikenow.com. Tell us about your issue and how it is affecting your life. Give us your first and last name, phone number, and email address, and we will contact you regarding scheduling. Coach Mike will use only your first name unless you request your full name in the podcast. Also, please visit CoachMikeNow.com to sign up for Coach Mike's weekly newsletter. You can also visit Coach Mike's Clubhouse on Locals.com. There you can choose to follow Coach Mike, or if you want access to more content, become a member of Coach Mike's Clubhouse to get certain members-only content. Thanks again for listening. God bless you as you whack those weeds out of your life and move forward to success.